Come see the cast of The Incomparable and many other podcasts at the Now Hear This Festival in Anaheim, California, October 28th through 30th. Go to nowhearthisfest.com. The Incomparable, number 318, September 2016. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. We're here with another edition of our Video Game Club. We do this from time to time when there's a video game that's not too hard so I can play it. Joining me to talk about the video game by Danish studio Playdead called Inside are the fine following people. Dan Morin, hello. Hi. Good to be here on a, on a game-related podcast. It's good to have you on a game-related podcast. Uh, from far across the Atlantic Ocean, it's James Thompson, who uh, really is the one who told us we should play this game, and then we all played it. Hi, James. Well, I hope you all like it, since it's all my fault. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's your fault. We'll let you know by the end of the episode. Uh, Tiffany Armit is back again to talk about games with us. Hello. Hey, I'm ready. All right. Excellent. Now, listeners to the Accidental Tech Podcast know that that was a lot of work to play that game, but you you did it. You did it. That's right. It has been played. It has Excellent. been thoroughly played. And, uh, of course, who, who, we wouldn't talk about a video game without John Syracuse, now would we? Hi, John. I'm excited to move from left to right through this podcast. <laughs> That's right. Just keep hold, <laughs> holding that button down. All right. So inside uh, is a any <laughs> it's a it's a side scrolling uh, platformer kind of game, but it's uh, it's got a lot of interesting things about it. Um, I, I really like that it is uh, is short, among other things. I, I complain about that a lot, but I like that I can play a game and get a story and have a really nice experience without having it take thirty hours or something like that. Because I'm just never going to play those games. But Inside was a game I could play from start to finish, and I really uh, enjoyed it. Spoiler alert: We're not doing this episode because I was meh on it. I I enjoyed it. Anybody have any opening statements? I just thought I would maybe ask about <laughs> this game, just in oh. case somebody. Maybe. I have some things to talk about uh, in terms of the <laughs> gameplay before we talk about the actual game, but that's not an opening statement. So we'll <gasps> okay. pass on this section. Well, I mean, I think what I I played the game through yes. and then immediately wanted people to talk about the game too. Uh, so I convinced everybody else to play it. Uh, and yeah, it's taken us a little while, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, then two months passed and do you even remember the game now? But <laughs> Well, thankfully, through the magic of YouTube, I have rewatched somebody play it. Ah. So, but I did play it three times as well, which does suggest that I probably liked it. Could be. I'd like to state for the record that James did not make me play it. All right, that's true. I did not need to be coerced. I knew this game was coming out. I knew I was going to play it. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was excited to play it. So uh, we should say so. Inside uh, from Play Dead, it is now available on Xbox One and PlayStation Four, and of course, you can also play it on Windows using a windows pc or you know boot camp if you want to install it anyway um that's high atp listeners so um the the true the true sadness here is marco and tiff have a playstation 4 and they could have just waited and played it but instead that's not what happened i have an xbox one so i was able to play it in july we went on vacation so i, I would have been too late yeah that's true that's true Good point. Good point. So it's out. It's out there for your for your uh, current generation plat, uh, platforms and uh, also for PC gamers. So there's ways to play it now. I do want to say it was kind of nice playing it on a laptop though because it was very intimate. You were dark. We had headphones on. Mm. Yeah, I think that there's a whole atmosphere situation with this game that I think oh, if yeah. you get yourself immersed in it as much as possible, you're going to have a much better experience. And I feel like the vastness of it, I guess, on like a big screen like on, on a television screen would 
kind of take away from the creepiness of the game when you're just like staring into the portal of a tiny laptop on your lap with your headphones on and you're like really like viscerally engulfed in the game. Well, also, I couldn't identify that those little things were chickens right at the start. (laughs) I was like, what are those little things? And then I saw a screenshot later and it's like, oh, they look like chickens. They're so cute. I had the same experience playing like I I moved my PlayStation 4 to my to a gaming monitor instead of a television for burn-in reasons, but now when I occasionally when I move it back to the television, a lot of the games that I play, I realize, oh, you're so far away. I mean, I guess I should do the math on the angles and see what it's like, but when I'm playing Destiny, for example, I want to be able to see like every pixel of the, the person's head way far in the distance, and when I'm sitting on my couch 10 feet away from my TV, I can't. So there is something to that that like is this a PC game or is it a console game? I mean, I, I also played it on the PlayStation 4, but sitting two feet away from my monitor, I played it. So it really helps to be able to see the fine details in a game like this that is almost kind of, I don't know if it's not made for consoles, but it's made with the expectation that you're going to be able to discern that those things were chickens because you'll be able to see all the little pixels. I played it on an Xbox on a giant TV and I, I thought it was fine, but maybe that's just me and my my young man eyes. <laughs> Yeah, it also depends on your distance. Your distance from the TV, because if you're if you have a TV the same size as yours, but you're 20 feet away, it's way different. This is kind of like the game equivalent of uh, reading a book under the covers. You know, <laughs> you're just like all huddled up with your flashlight. I tried to put a blanket over my TV and my couch. It did not go well. <laughs> just build a fort and then play this game. I did play the bulk of this game when my family was not in the house and the lights were off and i did start on a on a chair that's about 6 or 8 feet away from the tv and but for the bulk of it i was either sitting on the coffee table right in front of the tv or standing right in front of the tv with my headphones on playing the, the game for most of it so it was uh, definitely that was the sort of experience that i felt like it demanded um, john do you want to talk about gameplay before we get into like plots and details like that I do. I forget if we ever had a game, uh, an episode about Limbo, but I think it's been mentioned on the show before. This is the the game from the same developer uh, prior to this, and Limbo was another side scroller thing where you control a little boy moving from left to right across a landscape that tries to kill him in several different ways. And that game was sort of a uh, you know a, a critical darling of the sort of artsy fartsy type of game because it was all silhouette, it was all black, like black silhouette, which is incredibly clever when I think about this developer. Talk about a way to save money on development <laughs> while saying, oh, no, it's all for mood and artistic reasons, but if you can do everything as silhouette, boy, that really must save on development costs. But anyway, it was very moody and atmospheric, and it was 2D. Um, in this game, if you look at it, you're like, wow, this is like a similar type of game engine, but so much more accomplished artistically. Uh, but it's still 2D. You're still moving from left to right, and there is no point in the game in which you have any sort of control to go into or out of the screen. And yet the screen in this game is not a bunch of cardboard cutout silhouettes. You can see things that are farther into the screen than your character and closer to you than your character, but you can't interact with them. And not yeah. only that, this game also twists the axis as it follows you. So it's not as if the camera stays fixed along a track and you're going from left to right. In many levels, your character actually is walking sort of into the screen a little bit, not under your control, but just because the scenery is shifting and the camera is shifting. Uh, so I think that is the the first degree of difficulty of this game is it is it is a more sophisticated, complex game than Limbo because you're not strictly in 2D. But I think especially for people, probably not on this podcast, but a lot of people I've talked to who are not avid gamers who play this specific game are very confused and frustrated by what they can and can't interact with. Mm -hmm. Even though it's very clear if you've played any sorts of these games, once you say, oh, I see what kind of game this is. The idea that 
you can't touch that crate because it's three inches to your to your player character's left. But that one you clearly can. And sometimes you walk in front of something, but I just walked in front of that. If I go up to it and hit the, the action button, how am I supposed to pull it? Last time I ran right in front of it or right behind it. Or why am I in front of this or why am I behind that? Or what are the rules? Surprisingly, I, I'm assuming, well, we'll find out, no one here had any difficulties with that. But uh, almost every person I talked to who is not heavily into games found this one extra sophistication over limbo to be baffling like like a limbo hmm. i can handle left to right things are in front of you sometimes it's kind of dark and you can't tell you can pick up a stick but everything is in the same plane and now they added multiplane and they have gone past the skills of a bunch of average people which i find a, a little bit uh a little bit of maybe of a misstep in this game but the payoff for people who know anything about games i think is tremendous because this game looks amazing it plays amazing once you accept the premise it's just a little bit weird to me that they made a 2d game with all sorts of 3D stuff that we all accept that we just can't touch. So it's like faux 3D. I mean, obviously, it's really 3D in the engine. Like, that's that's why I Well, sure, so sure, amazing, but my but, point, yeah. from our from our interaction standpoint, it's, you know, it's 3D when it suits it, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> it's, sometimes it's like set dressing to me. Sometimes I, I feel like it is part of the atmosphere, and you're not meant to interact with it, and it's okay. There are times when it's hard to read whether something is set dressing or not. And I guess I just sort of internalized that that's part of the game is, is that a thing I can interact with? No. Is that a thing I can interact with? Oh, yes. And and that's part of the, you know, there are sort of 18 objects in this room and you need to figure out what the five things are or two things are or the one thing is that you need to interact with. And that's just kind of part of the challenge of it. Um, but I, I did notice it, that there, there are moments when you think to yourself, logically, I need to be able to come toward the screen or go away from the screen but i can't do that so what happens mm-hmm. now and that i did find myself you know it was never an, a real impediment or a serious impediment but it did happen where i would i would uh, momentarily be like is it trying to trick me <laughs> or, or because we're side scrolling here right it did happen i actually found that it kind of funneled you very very carefully kind of like like a it just it guided you gently into the gameplay. I don't know. I just felt like it was pretty natural, mm-hmm. especially when in the very beginning when that car is coming and you kind of duck underneath the the cliff where at first you don't think that you can do that because the whole time you're just kind of walking through the woods, walking through. And then, you know, there's some up and downs. But then when the car comes across the road and you need to double back and hide underneath the rock i felt that that was so natural and then watching my husband play it he did the same thing like just naturally as kind of like a a, an element you're like oh someone's coming let me hide under here and you could so i don't know i feel like a lot of the spots that you could interact they did a, a really beautiful seamless way of kind of demonstrating that to you that these are the parts that you're going to be interacting with. And I thought that that kind of made the flawlessness of the gameplay really great for me. I don't know. I, I didn't have, I just, I really enjoyed it. I thought it, I don't know. It kind of, it kind of like gave you a, a creepy hug. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. It was, it was just, it was just really nice feeling that it made you feel good about your accomplishments and figuring out what you uh-huh. could do in the game without directly showing you you know blazing let me highlight this thing that you need to interact with so it it lets you feel smart 
But at the same time, it didn't make you feel so dumb that you couldn't figure it out. Yeah, there's a sense of satisfaction with the puzzles. Uh, I think, you know, from a mechanical spec- pan- uh, standpoint, there's a fairly limited number of options that you can do. This stuff we were talking about, like you're kind of you're kind of on rails, right? Like not exactly, mm-hmm. but with the whole faux 3D thing, but you're, you're kind of on rails. And so, you know, you get into situations where it's like, well, there's a limited number of things that I can do and a little, limited number of objects at my disposal. Um, and that really... I think, as Tiff said, does a nice job of guiding you gently towards, okay, how can you combine these elements based on what you've learned, right? And and then synthesize from that the course of action and how do you like take this to the step that you need to get to. Um, and some of it is trial and error, right? Like, I don't know, you, you die a lot. <laughs> or at least yeah. I died a lot. <laughs> I feel like the margin of error is really nice, too, in this game. I think the balance of it, of it being just close enough that, you know, you didn't like uh, you just missed something or you, you just missed near death, but it gave you like you didn't maybe you didn't hit the button at the exact second, but yet you survived that. So it wasn't so um, I need to play this section over and over and over again in order to hit uh-huh. it exactly precise in order to succeed. It kind of gave you a, a stumbling moment, I guess you would call it. That's kind of how I perceived it. And that it just it, it worked out. And um, unless you did it really terrible, uh, you know, then you then you had to do it again. But I don't know. I felt, but at the same time, it didn't make you feel like you were just being pushed through the game. It's so not you, punishing either, right? Like it's not. Right. That's kind of I think what you're saying. Like it's not like, oh yeah, you have to be super. There are parts that require some like twitch reflexes. There are a but, couple places yes, but where I feel but, like you but, need to hit it exactly right. But mostly it is forgiving. And I think the ramp up um, to Tiff's point about how it sort of gives you that creepy hug at the beginning. Um, it is a slow ramp up. I know as somebody who's not a, a super expert game player, for me, um, I felt like it was welcoming in that way that you figure things out and, and it gets it gets a little harder as it goes. But it is a, a kind of a gentle ramp up. And, and overall, I don't feel like I ever felt like the game was too hard at any point. I enjoyed the whole thing, but I never felt like I was challenged by the mechanics of it. It was really more just figuring out what the puzzles were. There was a couple of points in it for me, um, I think generally down to diving under doors that were closing yep. where I had to do it a number of times. Um, but I just I looked back at Limbo just to get an idea of what that was like. And I, I think the this is easier than Limbo. Um, the puzzles didn't seem as obscure, like things seemed to make sense. And I, I was looking at Limbo and I was thinking, if Limbo is goth Mario, this is super goth Mario. <laughs> uh, and also this has the advantage of no gigantic, terrifying spiders. <laughs> I did like how you could definitely see where in Limbo they took this game. Well, they took Limbo and they were looking at it and they were like, we made this cool little thing, check this out. And then it's like, ooh, this little part of that game that's really cool. Let's make an entire world kind of based on that. And I feel like it's those little uh, parasites that get in the little guy's brain, you know, and make mm, him do things. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like the they same s- universe, of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, like they saw that be. and they're like, okay, this is what's going to be its whole cool thing that we can make into an entire universe. And well, I thought that that was great. They have more money now. Obviously, Am I the only one who didn't play Limbo just out of curiosity? You should play it because I, I played think, a little think, bit of it, but I haven't played the whole thing. I think what James says is right. Limbo requires has tougher sections. Eventually, yeah. gets to the point where you have harder. You know what you have to do, but the hand-eye coordination required is a little bit harder than this. The puzzles are probably equal difficulty in terms of like figuring out what you have to do. But in Limbo, towards the end, you know what you have to do, and you'll die maybe 
50% more times before you get mm-hmm. it accomplished. And uh, yeah, you, if you if you play this first, it's kind of a shame to go back and play Limbo because the progression is so great from Limbo to this because I just feel like this is Limbo with tons more money and more experience <laughs> thrown into it. And it's like, yes, more of that. Like, I love Limbo and I like this even more because it's better in every way, every way that you can make Limbo better, this game is better. Uh, difficulty curve, graphics, gameplay, And creepy gameplay, times a thousand. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, I, I, a couple more comments on, on the beginning part. Like, because uh, what Tiff was saying, like, this game, uh, like all all great games, speaks to the player in the level in in the language of game design. And if you are at all receptive to that language, if you understand any few words in that language, it will speak to you and lead you to the experience that that I think we all had at the beginning of the game, where you're like, "All right, I'm easing into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never played this game before, but I'm figuring out the rules of the gameplay and what I can do and where I can go." Well, but your first task in this side-scrolling game is run right your first task is just right, go right. go to the right right <laughs> it's like I, I thought it was very nice very gentle like start with going right that's that's yeah. all you, you have to do with the very beginning and then you there have to jump, to jump yeah, exactly right but 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 not like see here's the thing the game is speaking to you as you run you see how you interact with the scenery you learn that you can't go into or out of the screen you right. learn what is an obstacle and what is not an obstacle and when you get up to like that first part where you have to backtrack or you have to like but wait i'm going over here, but if I go back, will I go behind the car or in front of the car? Like it, it does it such a, in a, such a nice ramp. But I think as it is with like if you're designing a piece of software, how humbling it is to put your put the thing that you've made in front of somebody who doesn't share the same sort of mental model of how it's supposed to work. If you watch someone who doesn't under who understands too little of the language of game design, and you put them in front of this game, and you watch them flounder and fail to have the moments that we were having on the very, very first five minutes of this game, and they're just, they don't know what to do, they don't understand how their character works or the uh, the world, and it seems unfair that they're getting caught or captured or shot with a dart or anything like that, it can just be crushing to see how how the the sandcastle just falls down to dust if you're just missing a little bit of it even to the point where even people who understand uh game design and have played a lot of games like there will be a red handle on the screen like it's literally painted red but because the red is slightly dim because this is a Mm -hmm. creepy game they won't see it and they'll be like this Mm -hmm. is impossible what should i do there'll be a spotlight in the game shining on a red handle and on a screen where nothing else is red everything else is gray and they won't see it and (laughs) That's that's what crushes me about games like this, and why I'm I'm always cautious about recommending them. Even things like Journey, like should you you know this is a game you should play. You don't even need to know anything about games. It's not challenging. The difficulty level isn't there, but like but everything is a continuum. And what you guys were saying is like the, the puzzles you know seem just right, and they weren't too mean or anything like that. For me, I felt like a, a couple of the puzzles, I, most of the puzzles, I have to say, in this game, I didn't spend a lot of time dying because I would look at the screen and realize what they're trying to get me to do and do it on the first try. And that felt a little bit like, not going to say like, Oh, you're just, you're just pressing from left to right and going through a movie because it was, there were a few parts that were challenging, but I want to die at least one or two or three times. And I felt like there were a couple few puzzles because I played limbo that I, like even before the screen loaded, I'm like, Oh, there's going to be a, a, a screen, three screens from now. We're going to have to do X. And I load that screen. I'm like, yep, this is that one. And I do it. <laughs> and that, that feels kind of good. But on the other hand, like, you know, you ha- there has to be a match between the game and and the player and i think this is this game reaches a broad amount of players but it's always a continuum and i, I you know looking for that ideal of the game that everybody can play and everybody can enjoy but it i think it just doesn't exist because the the great experience we're all having speaking to this game and like having everything flow together 
if that doesn't happen for you, it just becomes a beautiful but frustrating screensaver. How long did everybody wait for that first car with the lights in the woods <laughs> like before you actually decided uh, to cross its beam? Gotta be, gotta be bold. <laughs> I waited for a while. I'm like, is it going to drive away? Well, he, he, he keeps the crouch animation. So the language of game design there is when I start to move, oh, he's maintaining the crouch. That shows that this is like a stealth section. I have to sneak past and I don't have to worry he's about the headlights. Because, he's, because yeah. he's, if he didn't stay in the crouch but stood bolt upright, then yeah, that, I felt like it would have got... But yeah. And at that point, we don't know anything about the story, which is actually one of the things I do want to talk about when we talk about the story here. I just, one more thing about gameplay. I, I As somebody... I mean, I, John, I agree with you. As somebody who is not a a, uh, a prolific gamer at all... I thought this game was maybe a little too easy for me. And that's saying something. If it was too easy for me, it should probably be harder. But at the same time, I did find great joy in the fact that even though there were screens where I really didn't need to do anything other than run and jump, that uh, I, I enjoyed that. Um, I, I liked the balance of it that I, although I did die a, a, a few times, not, not, not like dozens, but you know, 10 times or 15 times in the, in the, in the pace of it. And I did have some uh, like three or four places where I, I really needed to like shut it off, shut off the console and come back later with with fresh eyes to see what I was missing. Um, I, I, mostly I didn't have to do that and I just got to have the experience. So uh, would, you know, it, that that's nice in the sense that you don't get frustrated and feel like abandoning it at the same time. You know, maybe the, when I was done, I thought to myself, maybe that was a little, a little bit, there wasn't quite enough resistance that there, it needed to be a little bit harder, but you're right for everybody that that level is going to be drawn somewhere different. And, and the reason this is a great game is because even if like, Oh, these puzzles are too easy. I know just what to do the reward from just looking at the screen agreed just like watching the control like it is such a beautiful game to look at so many beautiful tiny you know details in every animation and how the character moves and slides his body between things and Mm -hmm. yanks off the slide just it's just so rewarding even when you know exactly what to do i agree um and and uh, up to the point where like i think the hardest puzzle hand-eye coordination wise in the game was the uh the moving blast shield thing right um Mm -hmm. And, and that one, that, that's the one that probably takes people the most tries. And that one, which I, I wish there was more puzzles like that, but in that one, they they added a musical reward, which really wasn't there for most of the other challenges. Most of the other challenges, once you figure out what to do and you do it, nothing really happens. But in this one, once you've figured it out and are on your way to solving it, there's a music cue and you just feel like a champion. You're like, finally, there was a hard puzzle and I, I figured out what to do in two tries and it took me two more tries to pull it off. And as soon as I did, the music played. Uh, that's 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 good game design. I didn't want more puzzles like that. I felt like that was the perfect <laughs> amount for me. Like, because it just it makes me ang- it makes me anxious. Like, and I get especially because the and like you're saying the art's so good, but some of that also comes into how they use that um, to 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 unsettling effect, right? Which I'm sure we'll talk about a little yep. bit in the story stuff. But like the some of the death animations. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say you, you like get blasted into oblivion in that puzzle. Oh my, my god, favorite level in the whole game. I does that put like apart pretty? pretty does it? Does it? Yeah. Does it not like? Does not just? I had a visceral reaction to like, oh my god, like yeah. you know when when that happened, but, and I like, I mean, I I think I like laughed like nervously after that because it's sort of like it is. It's got a weird sort of darkly funny, but also incredibly disturbing aspect to it, and it really unsettled well, me. Well, that's limbo too. Yeah. I mean, especially since it's basically a child that uh-huh. is being right. blown exactly. into pieces. Um, one of the things I wanted to say was that, uh, that the sort of production values on this are really high, much, much higher than Limbo. But it, it took them six years to make, I believe, because they started it just after they, uh, finished Limbo. Well and worth it's, it. 
And it's like a small team. I think it was two for Limbo. And I think they're up to 25 or something at this point. But yes, uh, for our two hours, they worked six years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it shows up in the polish, though. Like every, yeah. you try to look at this game yeah. and find where where do you see a clipping artifact? Where do you or see a bad edge. texture? Where do you yeah, see a, really. a bum animation? Like everything is perfect in this game. Oh, and the sound was so great. Uh, did anyone else play in headphones? I did for some of it. I played a bit in headphones. Oh, yeah. it just sounds incredible in headphones. I just feel like it just it it, it swallows you up and it just puts you right there. It. The little nuances to his breathing and the different sounds that his feet make on everything. Like, it was just, it was beautiful. It was so great. I saw a comment from the guy who did the music who apparently, for part of the sort of audio sound of it, piped the score through a human skull. (laughs) (laughs) Of course course he did. He is Danish. Denmark, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Um, extra unsettled now. Thanks. Let's, uh, let, okay, let's talk about the story. I'm going to fire off the spoiler horn now just because, you know what? You should play this game and uh, not know all the surprises because I went in with, with James saying, it's great. You should play it. I'm not going to even tell you what it's about. Don't find out. Just go play it. And I, am, I appreciated James's wise advice. So yeah, I give I that advice thing. now to you. Uh, you should go play it. And when you're done, come back and listen to the sound after the spoiler horn. All right, spoiler horn is done. You should insert the sound of that giant explosion instead of the spoiler horn. <laughs> <laughs> if I could hold a plushie of that giant explosion, I would. That's my favorite character in the whole game. No. <laughs> I mean, I said that because when I went into the game... I didn't know anything about it, and I didn't know if it was set in the real world or what time period know, or right? anything. And so the, the initial uh, section where you've got, you know, you're sort of going through a forest and then you see trucks, and it's like, well, those trucks look, you know, they could be sort of modern day, they could be slightly earlier, but they, they look like earth trucks, and this is an earth forest. And yes. Those are earth dogs and earth, earth guns. And, and it all seemed very kind of... You know, just sort of n- normal's not the right word, but you know, for that first <laughs> sort of like five, ten minutes, you, you know, I was thinking, is this like some World War Two setting? Is there some, you know, something like that? And so going into it, not knowing anything, and especially not knowing what happens later on, um, it just getting that experience of it getting increasingly crazier and crazier as as the game progressed i thought was uh very good it makes me think of black mirror it's like a video game version of a black mirror episode hmm. I think it's, be- <laughs> it's better than black it. mirror because it has a better ramp up to the crazy uh, and that by the way that's the, yeah. if you're thinking of designing a game that's the direction it should go it should be increasing amounts of absurdity oh, yeah. and insanity as the game goes on. And boy, does this game deliver. Every, oh, I mean, yeah. that, that's that's what I wanted to say is that I, uh, going back to saying like, even if the, uh, um, even if I could play through without dying, it would have been a wonderful journey. The thing about it is that really sets it apart from a lot of games i played is every few levels every 20 minutes or so there would be something where i'd be like what is happening right like yeah. a, a moment yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of a perception <laughs> shift and that's in the storytelling the fact that we start knowing nothing and you keep asking yourself or at least i did i assume everybody does this what is going on here what yeah. is going yeah. on it, I, I was thinking did the kid run away and then i'm thinking did the kid escape from prison or confinement in some way and 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 that's where i start with it and it's like yes these trucks are the the trucks from 
the you know it's the it's the police from the prison or whatever and it's the trucks that are i, I don't even know what the story is but i'm trying to piece it but together then, then they're like setting dogs on him and like tasing know, right? him and all of it's like yeah. it gets just darker and darker why won't he go left <laughs> <laughs> it feels like at first you think like he's trying to get out from the inside and yes. then you finally realize that he is going to the inside mm-hmm. for, for a game called inside you do spend a lot of it outside <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about this this journey that is taken because this this uh, boy that, that you control as the, as the player he starts out sort of on the run from guards and dogs and cars and and all of that and then um and then you cross a road and then things start to change and the story you end up there's a there's a farm um, which seems kind of pleasant at first, although apart from all the dead pigs. But even before you get to the farm, apart from the, all the pig carcasses, and then there were yeah. pig, dead pigs. You know, like, I, I think the salient point is when you when you start this game is you have a little boy and you realize you have to go to the right. The, immediately, <laughs> everything in this game is trying to trying to get the boy, whether it's to kill him or to incapacitate him. Like like Limbo, like the first thing you learn in this game is that the world is not your friend. The people in the world are not your friends. Uh, the the dogs in the world are not your friends. Nope. Uh, people are the shooting at are you when friends. you're under the water. Like the environment, just everything. And so that is the overwhelming. All these games, like you are pursued, you are you are accosted. The world is against you. Nope. You are fleeing. It, it's not fight or flight. It's mostly flight. And everything in the world is out to get you. And the world doesn't look too pleasant. Even the dead pig farm, it's rainy and, and overcast. And that's the part, too, where it starts making you wonder, since you are you know, immersed in this character and you give them what agency they have, when it comes time to start making choices about doing things, I always felt a little trepidatious because I didn't want it. Like, <laughs> I think the first thing I'm thinking of, isn't there a scene in the farm where you have to, like put the chicks in like a machine yeah that, that's the yeah. first i'd say difficult puzzle in terms of having to realize what you have to do which is you have to throw chickens in that in that giant blower to have them blown out and the i top. really thought it was gonna grind them into john you beat the puzzle but did not pass the void conf test no as i expected little chicken bits to go out and hit the little thing like you could see where they were gonna come out this game is good about showing you like look Here's an inlet, and there's dust on the ground. You can see it sucking. Even before you put anything there, you know this is sucking things up. And where do the things that suck up come out? They come out there that is aimed right at that block. Mechanically, yes, I understand that, but I didn't want to do it. Yeah, I didn't want to kill the chickens. I also didn't want to do it. I mean, at this point, I didn't know that they were chickens, so I only found that out (laughs) relatively recently. (laughs) And one of them Uh, dies. I feel terrible. Like, I've killed so many zombies and people and all kinds of things in games, and I'm like, whatever, move on. And, like... That one little dead chick, I, it crushed me. It well, at least me. the yeah. chicks don't have little uh, parasites coming out of their heads like all the pigs. Yeah. Oh, they're so cute. Peep, peep, peep. They just wanted to follow you. I mean, I wasn't sure of the, the physics or indeed the ethics of firing the chicks <laughs> at the bale of hay to make it fall off. I mean, yeah, the physics are dubious there. But in the gameplay world, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there was like 20 of them. I don't know how much that would weigh and how much a bale of hay would weigh. But, P equals um, MV there. They shoot out at high speed. That was the that was the high one bit chickens. of physics in the game that was sort of I wasn't entirely sure about. And everything else, the physics all seemed to feel right. Yeah. But yeah, and it worked. And it knocks the bale of hay off. And only one chick dies. And I think that's a sort of that happens to everyone. It's not like there's something you could have done a timing slightly differently and saved that chick. I think it's just showing you the stakes. If being ripped apart yeah, by dogs. Make, it, make an omelet, you gotta break some chicks. Yeah. Oh. Oh. John. So John. like the so story wise, if you know this is from Limbo and you've played Limbo and you wander past a pig and the pigs have these little wiggly parasites, you might be thinking, like Tiff was, 
huh, oh yeah, this this developer loves Wiggly Parasites coming out of things. Huh, like you might just think it's a weird coincidence, but you move on because they don't they don't emphasize that that much at that point. You do wrangle the pig who is mad with the parasites and yank the parasite out of the pig, and the pig gets normal again. But still, you're not quite sure where the story is going, other than I am fleeing. The world is against me. This does not seem like a nice place to live. This might be part of the not sitting close to the TV thing, but I wasn't sure with the pig if he'd yanked a parasite out or if he'd pulled its tail off. Yeah, me too. Tails mm. aren't green and slimy. Yeah, uh, colorblind. Yeah, um, likewise. <laughs> it's not an accessible um, game. It's very, I didn't uh, see green, but it was it was glowing and wiggling after you pulled it out of you know. It's a magic pigtail. Pig what are you talking about? I don't know. <laughs> All I know is did something to the pig. We don't know the rules of this world. I mean, I know chickens run around when you cut their heads off, but I don't yeah. think pigtails still wiggle. But but then he drags the pig backwards, and it doesn't seem to be particularly wanting to be dragged. And no, to me, I just it looked like he pulled its tail off and was manhandling it or pig handling it back into position. Around about this time is also the time when the first secrets start appearing. Did any of you on your first or subsequent uh, playthroughs pursue secrets, or I, were you I just running straight through? I found a few of them I on the a, first time. Yeah, by secrets you mean those yellow cords that lead to the orbs, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. the language of gameplay. It is a giant yellow line in a game where nothing else is brightly colored exactly. but but it's yeah. a little bit dim so sometimes people don't see it but no, i mean marco missed them completely <laughs> yeah i didn't see yeah. it. i only found a couple and i did not pursue i pursued a couple and i think there were others where i was you know should i go and look at this thing or is that a distraction from where i'm trying to go you know right that's two different types of play pe- that people do right it's either like plow through and let me see what's going on and not go to all the little side things or you kind of like scavenge around and open every box and you know it just depends on how you want to play yeah, yeah. T- until i knew what kind of game this was i was pursuing the secrets as a matter of course in terms of i can tell when the game i could tell when there was an option to go left but the game wanted me to go right and that of course means that there's a secret left mm-hmm. but i didn't know if that was going to be essential for gameplay until i found the first few of the orbs and then i said all right these are all obviously optional extras and there are the yellow cords and really for the first playthrough i just want to see everything but in the pig section one of the orbs is you end up inside a barn where you see a huge number of other pigs and i, was, I did find that one of the first playthrough i'm like is this a pig-focused game? Because there seems to be a lot of pigs. Like there was, a, there was a bunch of dead pigs. There was pigs in a cart. There was a pig I had to do battle with. And now the secret is in a room with like hundreds of pigs. Pigs in a blanket. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just lots. <laughs> yeah, I mean that 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 whole section where you you jump off the top of the barn, and the only <laughs> way to survive is to <laughs> land in the box of pigs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like a sort of weird. Uh, pig-focused Assassin's Creed. <laughs> there was a lot of detail put into some of the places that you never ever go to. Like when sometimes when you fall down a couple of the alleys, or you're you know you go in a different direction and it's the wrong way. There is a lot of intricate detail, like drawn into those scenes that i was i was always a little worried about getting lost too and so i felt like okay i want to come back here and check this out but i also want to like move on and solve the puzzle so i'm not really sure right which order to do these things i think most of the secrets were fair there was only two i had to look up on the internet on my second playthrough because i couldn't figure out one of them i was right in front of and i was just doing the wrong thing which i think is perfectly fine for a secret because they're optional extras and the other one i just plain missed entirely so that one yeah. on the beach with all the dogs that was brutal to get through just for that that, that was my like, favorite that was my favorite one I, really? I watched my i watched my son play that if you're not familiar with the secret it's like you're going through it and there's a torch on the wall which you haven't seen any place else in the entire mm-hmm. game you've never seen a torch and when you walk past it the little boy's head turns and looks up at the torch like it's the mm-hmm. most like the game is screaming to you hey torch 
This is probably important. I watched my son play it. He ran right past it, got eaten by dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Over and over again. That's the Syracuse parenting style. Son, eaten by dogs. They might as well had Starburst coming out of the thing. And he's like, well, this isn't fair. I'm getting eaten by the dogs. I'm like, torch, torch. That was a fun one. Uh, Did anybody spot the trapdoor in the cornfield? On... Yeah, that's part of the secrets, which we'll discuss. Well, yes, at the I know, end. I know. But it was like as I was running through that, I can't see how you could have seen it unless there was a big color thing that I didn't see. But if you enter the cornfield and are thinking to yourself, this cornfield has a lot of foreground planes of animation going by it, this is probably where they'd hide a secret, and you obsessively hit the action button every two feet. That's it. Well, <laughs> it was pretty beautiful running through those cornfields, though. That was. Yeah. I love that. I agree. At least not being chased by pigs. Well, All right. Yeah. So one of the one of the first real kind of uh, gasp moments happens when um, you end up. Uh, so there there are places where you have to climb, right? So you you're jumping up to climb on a rope or a chain or something like that. And there's a moment where there's something that looks like maybe it's something that you can climb, and you jump up. And instead, what happens is you kind of your head kind of goes in this cap thing that's hanging down it looks like it might be a light or something but it's not that it's a thing that goes on your head well you think yeah i when i first did it i thought i was gonna have to like swing off it yeah yeah that was it i was jumping up in order to figure to climb or swing on this thing and instead my the top of the 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 head goes right in the little the little dome of the thing and something amazing happens which is it uh, turns on a remote control and and these uh zombie guys basically they they arise and begin walking under your command and it's a moment where you think to yourself whoa whoa what just happened what is this game that i'm playing now it's a completely different mechanic than i expect and uh that would that was my first incredibly memorable moment of, of that this game is more than i thought it was going to be I think I gasped audibly at oh, that yeah. point too. Oh, where yeah. it jumped up and they start. Okay, I'm gonna put my. Oh, uh, that's weird. Oh, what? oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and your little feet, your little feet move as you hang there too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. And it was very well designed to get you to do that exact I know. jump so that your head because yeah, it's lit up. It's the only thing that's lit up with a sp- specific signature color of yellow, yellowish mm-hmm. orange, right? That yep. you will see again later. Like. There's such a clear visual language to the design because everything is so muted. Everything in the game has a color and a purpose. And even though there's sort of like a, a haze of like low contrast over the entire game, you can still pick out the different things in the different color coding uh, of everything that's involved with it. So, like, you know, no one knows what that hat's going to do the first time you play the game, but you know you want it. And you don't even know why you want it, because there's nothing really for you to swing to. But this is the puzzle where you have to actually like use the the poor pig as like a as a thing to jump up on or whatever. Like it's it's a surprising number of steps, but because at this point you're immersed in the game, you're like, that thing is different than everything else I've seen in this game so far. And I'm gonna get to that thing. And yeah, when when the animated corpses come up, same deal. Like I had just a giant smile on my face. I'm like, oh, so that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> It's just such a great moment where you real and and then you realize now I'm I'm steering this and yes the legs are kind of twitching on the boy as he he's walking around these guys and then you realize and his hands are up yeah and and you realize that that this is this is your new set of puzzles is how do you steer these people to do what what you need them to do to solve the puzzle and now you've got sort of multiple pieces that are solving the puzzle simultaneously which is uh and the whole time you're kind of like a suspended mime. 
Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what the actual in-game justification for having this like mind control helmet stuck in the middle of nowhere. They uh, keep them. They, they they use them to command the workers to do things. Right, exactly. It's it's how they it's how one person can control a bunch of other people to accomplish tasks the one person couldn't. It's command command and control. Yeah. I mean, at least some of it's for game design. Why do they have all these crates around and why are all these rolling things on tracks and stuff? But right. Uh, but the in-universe explanation, like this is a game that doesn't want to tell you anything. It's not going to have a cutscene to explain to you the world. You're just going to have to figure it out from seeing the environments that it's put in. And you just kind of have to subtract out the gameplay parts of it and figure out what it's trying to tell you about this world, which is actually surprisingly difficult. This game is not interested in completely explaining its world to you. It leaves a lot open to interpretation. But I think there's enough that like even the most absurd things start to make sense in universe mm-hmm. as you play through the game. Yeah. I feel like all the sound cues too kind of tell you how you're supposed to feel in these situations, you know, like the the sound that comes in, the the pulse um, kind of heartbeat rhythm to the whole thing. It, it really um, guides you in in how you're supposed, like the amount of anxiety you're supposed to feel at each turn, <laughs> or if you're supposed to feel bad about these guys because the first time you control it, you pull, you walk one on some guy off a ledge and he plops down on the ground and then comes up and like it, it's clear that. You're not supposed to feel too bad about the fact that you're hurling these bodies uh, in various scenarios, and they're pretty resilient. And then the end, it's sort of in comic for comic effect, like one guy's holding his head under his arm as he runs around. Yeah, he's he's a little worse for wear. Uh, but it's clear as you move around that like these are these are like labor like animals, and you're not supposed to feel super good about that. But on the other hand, you kind of need them to solve the puzzle, so it's. Uh, I think it's leading you to feel slightly conflicted about the whole endeavor until until everything goes off the rails. Were they people, or like to start with, who were like intelligent people who were zombified, or were they like vat grown as? Well, they're as all wearing laborers. different clothes and things, yeah. and yeah. I, I think if it was just your zombie workforce, you would um, give them standard well, uniforms. And some of them have hard hats and stuff, which is funny for like one of them's carrying his head, the other's got a hard hat on. It's like, well, mm-hmm. what are we really protecting here? <laughs> This is there are a series of of uh, puzzles that involve these zombie guys too, uh, including ones where you have to you know you, you have to get them in the right places and you have to figure out like they they slide you around on a track so that you can move around and then you have to get you have to use them to place you in the right place where that you can go down and then move them to to somewhere else and then move through. There's a a series of those. There's a there's a a, a one where it's chained, where you end up having to figure out that there's a box that's got another zombie guy in it, and that if you jump your zombie guy into another helmet, then the, then you can chain react through that helmet to the other zombie guy and get him to do what you want. And so you have to kind of enter into the nested parentheses and then come back out one at a time to solve the puzzle. Just a whole bunch of interesting things that happen as you're moving through this uh, factory or whatever it is with these uh, with these zombies guys. Just so creepy and clever at the same time uh i loved this whole section of the game that did so that that's a direction this could have gone but didn't which is the nested parentheses the first time that you know they did that then like oh and i thought i again i thought they had i saw where this was going but then i'm like no because that can get you know cause some games like what is that game where you had the the portal gun not portal the the portal like game oh i can't remember it anyway Blade? there was a game braid confuses uh, the no no not braid there was there was a game with like a portal gun where you could like duplicate yourself and it was like, okay, so this is a fun way to solve uh, platforming puzzles where you can make a portal and then a, a duplicate of you comes out and you teleport around. But that game took it to the extreme. It's like, nested parentheses, you haven't seen nested parentheses. This is going to be oh, 17 oops. layers deep. And was that like, the swapper? Yes, the swapper. Yes. Uh, and that, and, you know, and this game could have done that, but it, do, it does the second level of, of nesting 
And there's a musical cue for the second level nesting, because if you think about it too hard, it's like, wait, what am I even doing here? I'm controlling the guy who's controlling the guy who's controlling the guys. But they never take it. Like, they never keep going with it, because they know it's that, that's not the kind of game they want to make. They take it just far enough to, to, like, tickle your mind and be, like, super interesting. But that's not the game they're building, where, like, by five levels from now, you're going to be 17 levels deep in nested parentheses. They don't tend to repeat a lot of the puzzle types in this. I mean, there's there's obviously similar elements that come up but you're never really doing the same thing more than one or two times yeah they don't want it they don't want to do it if they don't have a new idea if they don't have a new idea they don't do the old yeah. idea again they're more telling a story than trying to make you feel like you can't figure out this game you know sometimes i feel like game makers are like i'm gonna be way smarter than my player and i'm gonna really mess them up and make them work really hard for this and like like a game like braid would do that where i just feel like i don't want to play anymore because it's making me feel bad about myself. Whereas a game that lets you succeed and get through and then be able to enjoy the story and the beautiful art and the beautiful music and the, the beautiful sound. Like I feel like that that is a different type of reward, but I, I, I appreciate that in this game that they aren't trying to make you feel um, inadequate <laughs> when with the gameplay getting so complicated, they, they hold back and they could so easily have gone that way. I feel like with this game. And they do want you to enjoy their new ideas. Like when they have a new idea, oh wait, we could have a guy who controls a guy who controls a guy. They have that idea. They want you to enjoy it. Right. Like just like you said, like that nice little tickle, it makes you feel good. It gives you the endorphins. It like right. makes you want to keep yeah. playing, but yet it doesn't take it so far that you're like, okay, I this is beyond, I'm done. Like too Right, because once you get the reward from the idea, if they did it five levels deep, that you already got the benefit of that. You already got the benefit of that good idea. You got the fun gameplay. You got the clever, you know, twinkle in your eye. You got the smile. You do it 17 levels deep. Now you're just turning it into a new new meta game, which is really just figure out how to... Con- like, you have... You, I've already seen that idea. Now all you're doing is building on it and testing me and seeing how well I can do it. Whereas this thing, every puzzle they have here is like one new idea on top of it. Even the simple puzzles like moving the crate. They do like 17 variations of moving the crate, starting with the most simple, just moving a crate to climb up something, and like the dumpster in the beginning. They never repeat them for the most part. They say, we have one new idea, you're going to do it once, and then the next one's going to be another new idea. And sometimes they may build on each other or subvert the previous one, but never like, okay, so you've learned how to move crates. Well, here's a room full of crates. Build the giant pyramid in Giza. That's not what they're into. The game developers are flirting with you. That's what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) The bit where you had to pretend to be a zombie. Yes. Um, so mm-hmm. I thought that was about to outstay its welcome, but it was only, I think, about, it was like three different, or three, maybe four different states that you had to go through on that. Right. And it was like, it was fairly obvious, the rules, just looking at it, oh, there's markings on the ground. Clearly, uh, you know, I need to uh, I need to jump when they're jumping, and then I need to turn around, and then I, I can't remember what the other ones were. That was it—just walking, jumping, and turning around. Yeah, in the yeah. right in the right rhythm and sequence. And, and then towards the end of it, you have to break. You have to break from the sequence. You have to know when it's time to leave the line. Because yeah, if right. you are just like, I have to stay very still, or they'll get me, and you just stay very still. The dog like, will find still. you. The dog, the, dog, yeah. the dog won't notice me if I stay very still. Nope, you got to run. You got to know when to run. Dogs can tell zombies. Yeah, but Kenny Rogers <laughs> taught me that, John. Yeah, got to know when to hold them. Yeah, all those things you got to know. All right, so th- then we get to another thing that happens, which is the water. Suddenly, oh there's my gosh. there's a lot. The best, the best. There's a lot oh, submarine. of water. The creepiest moment for me happened in the water. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of creepy moments. That in the first, water. that first moment when that the shadow passes, the, the jump scare. You, yeah, yeah, that totally, <laughs> yeah. That totally got me. You know, you're playing the game right if that jump scare. If the jump scare doesn't get you, you are not sufficiently immersed in the game by that mm-hmm. point. <laughs> 
That's why you have to play all in one sitting. Because imagine you just picked it up after putting it down. Like, you know, you just picked it up in the first two minutes of gameplay. You got that. That's not the way to do it. You got to be like so into the game that you can't even see the outside world. And that thing shoots by. It reminds me of the uh, the similar thing that probably wasn't even supposed to be jump scare. I think I mentioned before the little girl in Riven. When she came on the screen after like playing hours and hours of a game that was basically it's like the sequel to Mist, you know, a bunch of static screens for the most part, and the tiny animated girl comes up, I nearly hit the ceiling when I <laughs> Why are this. little girls so scary? They are. They just petrifying. We don't know if this is a little girl. It has long hair, but you know, if you're underwater oh for gosh. a long time without your clothes, you could your hair could grow out like that. But man, that's so awesome. That just inspires me to do so much fan art for this. Like, it, <laughs> oh, I love it. It's so creepy. It still gives me the chills. Ugh. So I, I don't know what you all called this uh your adversary who we who we face at many points in here i just called her called it the mermaid yeah. the creep creepy mermaid i had mermaid as well yeah i also said mermaid. it's not an adversary it's a friend it's a misunderstanding that's all it's this the is. most evil scary mermaid but when she appears and i was like oh she seems nice why do you think it's a girl <laughs> looks like a boy to me well i thought it was a girl although yeah we'll come to later on there's but I thought it was a mermaid, and then I was like, "Oh, she seems nice. Maybe she's going to be my friend." And <laughs> she then just she wants starts to get into your submarine, murder, breaking through the window, and there's the glass <laughs> oh, so cracking. Savagely, the best, and, oh, just the way she. And I was like, "Oh, right, you're not my friend. Right. Nothing is my friend." The, the sound effect of the water getting sucked, the glass cracking, cracking. The sound effect of the oh, water yes. going shroop into it. But, <laughs> so good, it's so terrible. I love that moment where he's looking through the window and sees the one floating. Like, oh, that's so. Oh, yeah. it's so eerie. Yeah. You know. And this is another thing where you know they spent so much time to get just, just the right animations of the hair and the body and the lighting effects with the, the light shining on them. It just If you just spend some time there and just shine the light on, on that little dude and watch like his animations when the light's in his face and the hair waving around, it's so incredibly well done for, a de- for just... Right. Again, it's simple. It's mostly like a plain background, two characters on the screen, one in a submarine, but such loving attention to detail and every ounce of that animation that it just it just feels so whole and part of the world yeah, you got to shine the light of so you get the personal submarine and and you have to learn that it can uh, go up and down it's got a light that you can shine around and it's got a a turbo basically that you can you can do that'll slam into things and make you, or or make you fly out of the water and you you get you there are little pu- simple puzzles where you have to use all of those things but also you discover that this mermaid or whatever is uh uh repelled by the light so you're able to use that to kind of get across and keep pushing it back and then you have to get out at one point and swim and it chases you mm-hmm. it's very str- this was the most stressful part of the game to me i felt yeah, like definitely this scary mermaid was trying to kill me but that's also some of the best timed moments too when you're like swimming and you're just about to get up to those ropes like a little bit later on and then she's like right there and then she's not and then then she's right there again as soon as you're climbing out of the- oh it's so well timed it just it creates maximum anxiety you know swimming through those doors to like get away and get the door closed in time and being crushed by the door and that's some great well-timed gameplay to make you feel like that and this is the thing where like where it prevents you from getting bored because you're like oh and now i see another door oh this is that same puzzle again i just you know hit the switch and then go into the door and i'll make it the last minute because the game is designed for me to make it to the last minute haha it's supposed to be dramatic and then you try to do it and you die you're like wait a second i thought i had figured out this puzzle and you got to know like that's not the way this game rolls they're going to do it slightly different and this time you can't do what you did last time and make the because just when you start to get bored with the carefully orchestrated dramatic moment in the game like oh yeah blah blah i'll do this and i know i'll just make it the game says no you there's one more little thing you have to learn this time hit the switch first then go back this time lure the, lure the guy back and then go for you know at every at every step it doesn't let it doesn't repeat the same puzzle exactly the same way 
and it punishes you for thinking that the game is not as good as it is. Because if you start to think the game is simple and just play it like any old dumb game, you die right. in terrible ways, which is great. I, I really like the, the submarine, and I was quite sad when I thought we were leaving it behind. Oh, yeah, that's the best. It rewards you. Is that the end of the sub-level? No, it's not. There's more. It's awesome. Yeah, you can do a whole bit more with the submarine, and then uh, and then sadly you have to, you know, when it, I think it washes up on the beach or something, yeah. it's like, oh, yeah, okay. They, they, then you know it's done. Or you could shoot yourself onto the beach. It feels pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I did that. <laughs> You're like, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love my little sub. That was another of these moments where, you know, you get the submarine and you're you're sort of pootling around in the submarine and it's like, oh, this is another kind of, they might have wanted to do a little submarine game. And it's like, no, we'll, <laughs> we'll put the ideas into this. Well, I just, I, and this is a moment where I, I want to pause and say, um, we are now talking about the stress of uh, you're driving your cool submarine and maybe swimming and you also have to shine your light on the murderous mermaid or it's going to get you. And I'll just point out, this is the same game that not too long ago you were uh, you were running in a, in a farm and jumping on the back of a pig. <laughs> I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the building is that you're going through for a large portion of that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of the underwater part where I was like, it feels like it's a school almost. Like I, I kept thinking it looked like a high school or something like that. I don't know why. It's just trigger. Maybe that's just for the anxiety triggers me. It's because uh, you went went to a flooded high school. Obviously, well, that, that's the best part about the water in this game is that like you can tell that it's like a drowned world. Like it's not just you're in an ocean or something. Well, you're you can so tell, like, far deep down. Under the water. Yeah, you go right? way and, down. And you go under there and you see like stairs and like wait, this is a building. This is like floor three of a building. You're like, how deep does this go? You know that yeah. that whole. That's again with the whole world thing. Like, where where am I? You said before, like you started outdoors. You start to question, like, was I outdoors? Am I in a giant dome like the Truman Show? Like, where is this place? Why is it half filled with water? And why are these dogs trying to kill me all the time? Yeah, <laughs> it fe- yeah, it felt like a, a drowned science facility. That's what I yeah. yeah I, I think that it as. I later I later sort of got to that point. But yeah, for a while there, it is just the incredible depth. Because at a certain point, I feel like you start to lose. I, at least I started to lose sort of my bearings. I'm like, wait, how far have I gone down? And then I'm mean, because at some point you go up and but it like I, I, I sort of lost my sort of Z axis, Y axis. I don't know my Y axis bearing of like how how where am I? Right. Like where was drowned zero versus where I am now? Right. Um, and that's it's very disconcerting. Well, that's why later on in the game, they show that like you're there is no bearings because there's water on the freaking ceiling. Like there, what do you yeah, mean by that? What true. is sea level? Fair, sea fair level? Point. Let me show you the water on the ceiling. There's no sea level here. There's no, you know, there's no top. There's no bottom. There's just a continuum of misery. That's probably what went wrong in the first science facility. They messed that thing up. And it's all flooded. <laughs> I, I want to shout out to the number to the number nineteen. Um, my maybe my favorite thing in this entire game is the Ooh. not because it's it's hard, but because it's complicated and fun to step through. Is the the uh, you you flip the switch and the number nineteen comes up and you re- realize you need to put twenty bodies on this platform oh, yeah. in order to solve it. <laughs> Not all of them alive. And it's an yeah. enormous map where you have to keep on rounding up uh, zombies and sliding a, train cars around, and this whole thing you have you have to scour this entire area on multiple. I think there's three levels. Um, or maybe four levels in order to get everybody you need together, get your band together and get them to the right place where you can put them all on that platform. And I loved the whole thing. And I, I went through at one point and I was like, how about now? And it was like 16 or, or, or yeah, no, right. it went where down. It was like three. three. I'm like, no, where, what am I, I missing? 
<laughs> I like the fact so that it, you get to the point where you've got 19. And right, you're, you're one short. Yeah, and you're, you're like, thinking, well, that, but that's one all the guys. Short, what are you talking about? But nobody about? else is running around. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's a guy on the ground there. I could just pick him up and chuck him on. Yeah. That's where I felt kind of bad that I did not get i feel like what the gameplay want what the game wanted me to do was to get one short and think there was no people left but unfortunately as soon as i saw that guy up there i knew that i had to, like i didn't i didn't get to get that part of the game like i was a little uh, bit i it didn't get to experience that part of it because i was ahead of it. that's the shame of being ahead of it is you don't you don't because they want you to have that experience they want you to be standing there triumphantly and see the last little zombie go on and see that number to still be on one and then be frustrated and i didn't get that part i think i i think i got him earlier too Oh, I got him at the end. It was pretty poignant because like the whole time you're walking through and you're sorry, that was very New York of me. Let me do that again. You're walking through and you (laughs) are finding all these people. And I I loved the whole mechanic of them helping you jump and tossing you over uh, larger areas that you couldn't jump. It was so creepy too, though, right? Like especially when you have to be in that crowd of them as then they sort of like lift Mm -hmm. you out of it and you've. You have to make them do that. That part humanized them a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, it made me feel like I'm working in a group and I'm working in a team. And then when they they hoist you up to that last room and that body is, like, lying there and you go over to it and you think it's going to stand up and it doesn't. And the Mm -hmm. light coming in from the window and, like, the dust that's flying in the light. Like, it is. And the music uh, changes. And then you have to drag that body and then drop it over the cliff while while the the whole posse is standing there on the other edge watching you. to see their friend just plop down there like i don't know it just that moment just so many feels right Mm -hmm. there you know it just i feel like it it really uh, again i'm playing in a dark room on a laptop you know i have the heat of the laptop on my lap i have my headphones on so it's really you know just all the the swelling and the the hitching of the breath of the character is it's all just right there surrounding you and that was a big big moment for me in this entire game like that just it shifted how i saw all of those faceless zombie people and yep. they it made them like oh my gosh these are people real people to me but i mean are they helping you if you're mind you're controlling, controlling them, them yeah to it do it well, that's our empathy right that's you're seeing them there those bodies are acting as if they are trying to help you and that that's right. a that human it does it makes you whether it humanizes them or gives you empathy for them that they were mm-hmm. people once and now they're just your you know zombie helpers or, or it just dehumanizes me that i was thinking huh more people for my army yes <laughs> that room with the uh, i think this is the room with the body in it where the dust is pulsing it i think that is another uh, i think that room is the one i'm thinking of another example of what this game does so well which is sort of foreshadow the next stage of the game because that room that whole section there's a dull pulse in the background which yes. you may not hear unless you have lots of bass or are wearing headphones yeah and that last guy the, the one they want you to get last essentially the body because they want you to be like oh i'm missing a guy oh let me go get that body and you need the people to chuck you over to it anyway um when you go there you're in this room and there's the pulsing is a little bit louder here and every time a pulse comes the little air filter things that are going through the wall puff out and yep. the dust comes out because that right across right through that door that you're going to open with 19 is the explosion area my favorite place in the entire yeah. game um and that just it, it makes you feel like uh there's something more coming and it's not going to be totally mysterious it, in fact you will realize the entire time you've been solving this very long 20 person puzzle you've been hearing the next thing uh-huh. and haven't really been thinking about it um and the other aspect is when you get there you can bring your character up to that window and your character will put his little hands against the window oh i love when he does it. that <sighs> but you can't see what he sees this happens several times in the game which mm-hmm. i find frustrating but also a little bit delightful and that you're like 
every character in this game, especially the last part, sees what they're what they're all looking at. They're surrounding this tank, or he's looking through the window and he sees what that what's going on with that explosion. But I can't see it because I can only look at the side of his head. And that's that's yep. like a weird, perverse gameplay type of thing that nevertheless makes you tantalizing like i want to know what the heck is going on in there what is this pulsing and then when that <laughs> giant door opens and you find out what's going on in there it's the best love the explosion and that's where we end up next is uh there's lots of uh like loud uh, uh blasts that will blast you into smithereens unless you can hide behind various shelters and they're you know you've got to run across a platform and and you've got to hide behind a shelter and then you have to realize that you have to deploy one of them in order to hide behind it and then get across to the other side and then there's another one where you have to climb up a ladder and you have to time everything right and move around and hit the right buttons so that the the shields are in the right places at the right time so that you can move from place to place to get across that whole thing without being blasted into little bits yeah at that point i'm like what am i fighting my way into (laughs) (laughs) why am i doing i see like i'm not getting away from trouble so much as into more trouble this this is where we keep the giant deadly pulse i hope you like this room (laughs) every house should have one the the little light towers in the distance that wave when the pulse goes by the amazing work on the shader they did to make like the scenery blur when the shock wave comes through like Hmm. these details are not easy to accomplish and just to make it all hold the the shrapnel and, and stuff that flies away and everything and even just the death animation which is just i mean limbo was great about creepy death animations but this is like creepy 3d death animations to see yourself just blown to smithereens and parts and blood just flying everywhere oh, really it's very emphasizes the power of the <laughs> yeah, pulse. This, i felt like that was the point where i was like uh, yeah this is this is a game that would not be suitable for everybody i know <laughs> Yeah. I feel like that part, the the gruesome death of the small child would probably turn some people off. Probably. All the bodies sitting in the chairs. Like the crash test dummies. It's like, what are they even testing here? It's, they're <laughs> testing the pulse. It's a really good pulse. Like, I don't know. What, it works. <laughs> right. Cool. Exactly. Thumbs up, guys, on the pulse. <laughs> well, they just don't know how to switch it off, which I think is like all of uh, their experiments. Right. Exactly. It's like, well, just seal this place off with a door that takes 19 bodies to open and it'll be fine. It'll be. Who's going to who's gonna find? <laughs> 20 bodies it's not gonna happen yeah so the, i mean that's the gameplay part where you have to you have to subtract out the absurdity of the door that takes night because it's a fun puzzle to solve yeah. and really what you're thinking about is oh the pulse thing like technologies that they don't understand or that you don't understand maybe it is fulfilling useful purpose in this area but on the other hand it also seems to be blowing everything apart that they've made here so not so good good security though the next section is fascinating because in the next section, um, you know, you do some you do some more swimming and stuff, but then you end up in this moment where you you crash all the way to the bottom. No, no, it's after you try. To, part you're thinking of is when you you go down the elevator, but you do some stuff and and like you've you've gone done a lot of climbing. You're doing like miniature Nathan Drake stuff, uh, and then like you cut, make it through a bunch of climbing. You leap onto a chain, like just a routine chain, a giant meaty chain you could easily get, and it slips out of your hand and you fall in the water. And you're yeah, like okay. you're just about ready to go. Oh, that was stupid. Let me just start this level over again but no it you go down in the water yeah 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 yeah. the guy gets you and it doesn't reset you and say hey try that puzzle again because you didn't do anything wrong like this is another slight cheat in the game where it's like but i i I jumped on the chain and it was fine if you're gonna make me die and it's a puzzle and i have to actually fasten the chain with a switch or something fine let me do it but you don't instead you just fall and and very slowly yeah, the, the little the little guy you'd been running away from in the water for so long gets you. Like, there's no way to avoid him getting you, and it doesn't cut away. It stays on, and you go you go down, yeah. and down. I'm like, and there's another smile moment for me in the game. Like, oh yeah, like that. You know, <laughs> just when you thought you knew what was going on with these guys, that's he's right, taking you down and down. And he's got the little orange glowy thing, and you know what orange glowy means? That's their magic control technology, and he plugs it into you. 
and you're still going down and down, and then he unplugs it, and you go down and down and down, and the, and fish, the fish is swimming around you, <laughs> and they're oh, eating yeah. you, and you're like, so it's just going to let me watch they're the fish eating eat me you when they're I die? They're just checking you out. They're not Well, they're, they're going to be eating you pretty shortly, because you're not moving at this point, and the fish are all around, and then you just jerk to life, and the fish all scatter. What a great moment. Oh, and he still still tries to like catch his breath. He still like yeah. gurgles up those like, right, and he moments. breathes He's until like, he figures <gasps> out, oh, 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 I, can, oh. I can breathe. And then he just breathe the water now. And I feel like at that moment, I understood. The, I called them little troll doll guys. Like I understood. It's like, oh, the whole time, they, like it's the reason they're not killing. They just want to get into the submarine because they need to fix you. They need to say, no, here we are underwater. Come join us. It's a mm. cool place to be. I just need to get like, don't stay in that submarine. You're not doing it right. Come in the water with me. It's just that the other ones didn't have access to the little glowy tech to plug into you, but this one does. That's a very charitable interpretation yeah. of their <laughs> actions. But they, why do you think they want to get into the submarine where you are? To like, kill want, you. To kill you. No, they're not going to kill you. They, they, all, none of them kill you. They just grab you. They're trying to take you. And, and I think it's it's telegraphed later when your clothes blow off and you realize, oh, all I need to do is stay under here until my hair gets long. And I'm one of those guys. And in fact, all of them probably started off as me. But I don't want to be those guys. guys. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, yeah, especially life, that that was the most stressful bit for me was the section just before that where you have to basically basically dangle yourself in the water yes. like some yeah. kind of bait, bait yeah. lure yeah oh and it's so well done too and the way the water the the chain or the rope skims the top of the uh -huh. water like that oh that's so good i do that many times that's good it's good design because they make you go to the very very end of the chain if you don't go to the yeah. end of the chain your feet don't touch the water so you have yeah. to like you don't want to go in the water the water is scary you've been running away from these guys for the past seven screens but you have to go to the very very end of the chain and dang your little toesies in there it really does create maximum anxiety. Mm -hmm. That was oh, one of my so turn it off. I have to come back that, to it. Mine too. Because I just, I could not, I, I was just having so much trouble with it. And I kind of, yeah, I needed to detach myself and then come back and view it sort of. Did, with did you know eyes. what it wanted you to do and just couldn't execute? Or could you not figure out what it wanted you to do? Some yet? of it, for a while, it was I could not figure out exactly what I was supposed to do. And then once I did figure out, I had a lot of trouble with the timing. Um, and so that took me, I think I needed to come back and sort of just detach myself from, uh, like feeling too invested in it in some ways. I really, I, I was getting through it. I didn't have to stop. I kind of, you know, got through it. I maybe had to redo like one or two spots, but I feel like the whole thing was just amping up my anxiety so much. I really was getting like a stomach ache based on how I was feeling about this part of the game. It's almost like yeah. when you watch um, The Walking Dead and I just need to read spoilers like during the episode because I can't handle what's about uh, to come up. Uh, <laughs> so I just like if I just know if I just know what's going to happen, I'll be OK. But yeah, so I, I loved, loved this part. And I think the section that we're coming up to is the bit where there's the the weird gravity and yes. water on the ceiling. And then, because there's some of that in limbo as well towards the end, like up is down and down is up. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's the point where I'm thinking, okay, like everything is out the, the, the window in terms of uh, reality here. What, what is going on? It's gone full X-Files. That was the scene right out of X-Files. You've got the huge level where you've got the boxes that you have to pull them and then they shoot up oh, yeah, and you have to like shoot boxes, yeah. shoot up on the one box to the other box to open it up and then yeah. and pull it open and or turn it on and then you have to go down and then pull your box again and then jump back up and then grab and then it jumps up and all of that and there's that whole thing which I really liked which was kind of involved <laughs> and then you go from there to the first of the you've got water above air 
things where you have to draw you have to wait for the guards to go past and then you drop down in and then and then from there you end up at also at the lab where you can actually control whether whether the water follows where the water goes so you can float the crates yeah you can go down or up so yeah. you can float crates over and float yourself over and all sorts of strange things you have to do to solve that puzzle too so that's when it gets even weirder right that's the it's very strange stuff that is happening. And they have the bodies connected to the, the boxes with the little orange glowy light indicating the color of this tech. Like, the bodies are upside down in the water. Like, yeah. very, so creepy, so weird looking, especially yeah. later on when you have to let all the bodies fall down as part yep. of following a puzzle. Like, you change the level and they just go splat, splat, splat with this horrible squishy noise. <laughs> Great. And it also is um, that part with the, uh, like, the sh- you hide behind that box and it's almost like a, a shipping part of the... Oh, yeah, because they come in, they come into the, the doors and they're yeah. Looking for you, and you have to hide behind the box. Well, like yeah. they have the um, they have like the a cage full of like the zombie people, and yep. they come in with a forklift to like move it out. I found it extremely disturbing that yeah, like yeah. the the, the extra boy. people, yeah, yeah, the people yeah. have like that's kids the with them yep. as they're yep. like choosing their zombie, you know, workers. That that's what I'm assuming is happening. It's, t- it's take your son to work day. Oh, it's just it's so weird that the, those little kids are standing there like holding hands with their parents. It's oh oh. It's weird. weird. Uh, This part of the game, by the way, especially like in the part for almost everything after the sub, but especially the part where you get the little orange plug put into you and you go through that netting at the bottom. I get a very big vibe of the old Aperture Science facility in Portal 2. Yes, me too. When you're going in those underground chambers deeper and deeper and there's these big cavernous places with lots of cement structures and everything. Like that vibe is very strong in this game. This world has gone way over past the upper science level. I'm not saying that they, but like this similar feel of like Mm -hmm. concrete 60s style structures in like enormous places that just seem so large. Maybe that's why I thought some of it was a high school for a while. Aperture science started with potatoes and these people started with pigs. So yeah, Yeah. a little bit more advanced. (laughs) So what's left? We go into the room and it's like more office workers. Yes. A more office-y office. With people, like regular people are in this office and and people standing around a, a, a viewing area in looking down into something. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's sort of, as you go through the office area, eventually you see people run past you in the same direction as you who are not paying attention to you. So yeah. that was also kind of a jump moment because you see like an adult man running by you like, oh, he's going to grab me because every other adult man you've seen up to that point in the game, including the one who comes out with his kid by the forklift, as soon as they see you, they run and get you. Either they shoot you, they tase you, or they run and like wrestle you to the ground or whatever. And like it's, you know, game over and you have to start over from the previous checkpoint. But someone runs past you like bumping at the chairs and you see that everybody, no, people are no longer interested in you. They're all interested in running over and looking at whatever the heck is behind those glass things. And you can run right up to the glass with them and put can't your little hands it. against it and look, but you can't see what's there. And that's as far right as you can go until you, it's another one of those go left to go right things because then you have to go left and realize, well, I'm industrious. I've played through this entire game. I know I'm not stuck here. I can pull this cart, which has wheels, and I love when it goes over the go little over gaps the in the floor and it shakes. Uh-huh. Yeah, bump, bump, bump. Yes, I totally wrote that down. I'm like, I love when the cart goes over the grate. That was <laughs> yeah. so, and, oh, so thoughtful. And the, and the gameplay design is like, you can't bring it to the right because they have a little bumper that stops you bringing it there. Anyway, it's, it's very leading you towards hop on there, go up on the tube, climb up, because you, you are an industrious person. I like these people who don't feel like they can go any farther, and that's how you proceed in the gameplay as the reward for you understanding how this world works but yeah this is where things start to sort of go off the rails so by the way even before that even before that when you're going into the facility in the background as you go i think at this point you have a pretty big posse with you as you go you see at one point you look down and see a bunch of people running up a ramp and then when you get there and you run up the ramp yourself you see in the background other people also running up ramps a lot of other people are running from left to right in different planes that you can't travel to because of the gameplay reasons but you see that you are not the only one going from left to right, 
other people are doing it as well. And you start to really think about that. What What is going on here? Uh, and then you go into what the does facility. it mean to run right? Right, and then you see then you see all the people at that tank, and they're looking at something in there, and you continue. But I feel like this is where the game starts to reveal itself and starts to try to show a little bit more of its hand about what is going on here, who are you, and what role are you playing in this game as you run from left to right? Oh, I do want to uh, before we get into what all of the people were seeing in the lab. <laughs> um, right before you get in there, John, when you were saying earlier that some of like the zombie people are like walking around with their head in their hand and their little hats on and stuff, the part after you kind of drop the water on the ceiling and release everybody, they kind of start following you, uh, but you don't have on one of the little glowy hats. That was another twist in the gameplay where it's like, previously you had learned that the only way to control these things is to get the little hat and then the second twist was oh the hat broke off and now you're mobile with it you're not stuck in one place and the third place is you know there is no hat it also humanizes them even further because now they are following you as opposed to you're controlling them to follow you kind of i don't know i feel like it's more you're one of them yeah and this lab area that you run through before you get to the big uh tank that everyone's looking in you see like these glass rooms that have cameras pointed at them and chairs all sitting around them. And again, like the crash test on is like, what science exactly are we doing here? <laughs> Where we all sit in chairs and we look at the poor zombies banging itself up against the glass and leading, leaving a big bloody stain and you're filming it. Like it's, it's like you see in all these sort of X files or dystopian yeah. sci-fi movies where everyone is always, you know, let's observe this terrible act together and call it science. And you know, it, it works if, if the mood is right. I think it kind of works here, but if you think about it too much, you're like, why why are all who set up these folding chairs and who normally sits in them and what are you actually studying and learning here they're doing evil science john it's evil science yeah. there's a grant they got a grant they do what we must because we can i understand yeah well no isn't the person running the the little zombie person running into the door because no one's there because everyone's looking in the glass window yeah well who know who knows what that zombie person that is doing the experiment happened that they're hurting themselves because they're like stuck in there like mm. they don't they don't mean to be yeah could be yeah anyway now we enter into the uh water tank and find that there's a giant blob of arms and legs and stuff all kind of fused together, attached to um, mind control helmets. As soon as we get into the the, the big ball of science uh, and your clothes <laughs> go flying off, literally the first thing I did, ignoring the, 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 the thing in the middle, was I just swam up to the window to give them all a good look. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I swam up to the window and tried to pull the plugs because I, yeah, there's gigantic yeah. plugs over there. So I'm naked and I had the big smile because like you basically become one of those water things now because, hey, you can breathe underwater. You don't have any clothes. You look like a little boy. You just hair needs to grow out. But yeah, I, I ran right up to, the, to those people and started yanking on those plugs and and. In this game, it's great that it doesn't let you know immediately whether you can or can't do something, because at various other points, when you pull on a board, nothing will happen until you keep pulling right. on the mm-hmm. board, which is a great I love that. gameplay feature. Mm-hmm. And this one, I'm pulling on... I'm going to say that I pulled those plugs for a little bit longer than most people would normally pull on the plugs. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta pull these plugs out. I'm like, all right, I guess I can't do it. And then once I went over and saw the giant fleshy blob, I realized, yeah. oh, there's, there's some, there's some so, helping so, yeah. hands. Is the well, let's just free this Cronenbergian flesh nightmare. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so that that's what you can do, though, right? I mean, that's this game is like you're going to do what you're able to do, which is free this thing. I, I, I don't know. I felt... I felt like the time spent with the zombies had made me pity them. So when I see this <laughs> quivering mass of flesh that's attached to these mind control helmets, like it's a, it's like they're, I don't even know what, it's a horrible, obscene experiment that I was behind what my 
character could do at this point, which is to pull the plug, to just unplug this thing and free it from whatever they have it doing. Well, it's, it tries to grab you, though. Yeah. Like when you pull out the first plug, it's trying to grab you. And also, when you're by the window, when I was by the window trying to pull the plug out, the people on the other side of the glass are motioning to you. They're saying, go. They're not just telling you to get away from the glass. They're not concerned that you're going to pull the plug, so yes, they know you can't pull them. What they're trying to tell you is, no, go over there. Like, that was the creepy thing to me, because when I'm there pulling a plug, I realize the people who are outside want me to go over to that flesh. Yeah, thing. They're, not, they're not trying to stop me or, like, you know, like yell or whatever, right? Yeah, like, they're, they're encouraging me, go, go over there. Like, watch their animation. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll go, and I was going to free the fleshy thing anyway, but, you know, so I'll go over there. And I start pulling the plugs, and it's, it's reaching for me and pulling at me. I'm like, chill, chill, Blob. I'm just trying to help you out here. <laughs> and then the game, like, once again, subverts your expectations when you, not the last plug, but I think it's, like, the second to last plug, the Blob is like... You belong to me now. Yep. <laughs> and you get sucked into the blob. Ooh. And for the rest of the game, you're a giant fleshy blob. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. It's horrifying. Stop. It is awesome. I played the rest of the game with my mouth, like my jaw lower. <laughs> yeah. Just like, oh my God. It was it's that just... last 20 minutes, half an oh hour. My God. That I so wanted to tell everybody <laughs> what it was about. Uh, and I couldn't say you have to play this for the last 20 minutes because then you'd go into it knowing that there was some big thing at the end. But I was like, just just play the game, play the game. <laughs> and, and yeah, it was, th- it was just, I thought they'd managed to subvert things enough to that point and I was quite happy with it. And then you get this, like, just this last bit, which is part sort of, body horror mm-hmm. part cathartic release part monster movie because you are the monster well you're given you're given the cathartic release part though is that you you have powers now because you have, first off you have lots of limbs you can grab things and all that but you're big you can just smash there's stuff that before you couldn't get through that now you just smash through it it's right. really quite enjoyable <laughs> and you get to go left you get to go you get left to go for left. such a long time you do a lot of left <laughs> and there's a lot of destruction and you, you destroy that office area and it's so much screaming it's so great right you're like ah, <laughs> really i'm is. the monster now rage <laughs> I loved it. But I love that the scientists are kind of helping you get out. Yes. They're like, exactly. we also yeah. want to see you go. We don't want you here anymore. My favorite bit in that entire segment is the the part where there's a security guard or a contractor selling and there's a door he needs to open for you. Yeah. And if you roll code. towards him, he'll like run away from the door and you have to like go far away and he'll like creep over and like start <laughs> trying to open the keypad for you. I thought that was just amazing. Like it's just. Or they throw you the launchy box from up on the, um, yes, the platform. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and they're like, like here take it oh my god <laughs> and suddenly suddenly you're powerful like when you see like the, the barred door that previously you had to gather a posse to help you with you just grab it with all your mighty hands and yeah. you just wrench the thing off Amazing. like it's a, it's a it's a nice release although i was kind of disappointed that when you go back outside to all your dudes hanging out there that you don't absorb them and get bigger i was all ready for i mean i thought the the sign the other scientists i didn't think they were really helping you because they try and trap you later on in the level with like an audience another, yeah that was a black yeah, mirror moment yeah. in another big tank i thought they were afraid for their lives and they were trying to get you away from them more than anything else but well so but sort of but they they the the links to which they go that's true you know like like throwing down the box like it does that's seem, true it seems weirdly helpful right like because i agree i mm-hmm. started out thinking that way like oh yeah they just want to get rid of me but it, it it didn't after a while the the tone of it it doesn't quite fit that no, and no, I, I i'm doesn't. still not even quite sure i guess what's going maybe on maybe some like, scientists are a little more sympathetic everybody at lunch and stuff right oh, and then they're like but, looking at you from the little tower and they're like whoa yeah. 
something went I, bad. I, I have many <laughs> theories about this, but I want to save them to the very end. But right. in, in this in this part, one of my favorite things is when you fall down a big shaft and you end up in a diorama of the facility. You don't realize yes. that until you yeah. finish the game, but you realize that this is the hill from the end of the game. But here, so this part, like, so I had all those same feelings, like smashing through things or whatever. But but the, the sequence continues. Like it doesn't end. Like all right, so this you know, like yeah. it's the last twenty minutes. It keeps going right. And at a certain point, there's a puzzle. Uh, with the with the fire thing, with the fire thing, with the, yeah, the crate, right, mm-hmm. and with mm-hmm. the giant furnace. And let me tell you, the first time mm-hmm. I played through this game, when I I'm, I'm running headlong, this is just like one big continuous thing. Like the franticness is just going and going, even though it's a fairly long amount of gameplay and involves some crate puzzles. I'm just running headlong as this giant blob, and I'm I'm concerned because I started to identify with the little boy, and I felt like I was that little boy, and now yep. I'm trapped in this yeah. blob. Yep. And I got to the level with the big furnace thing, and I pried open the door, used whatever switch to open the thing, and you know what I immediately did. I tried to throw myself into furnace to burn myself up. Yep, me too. Because I was an abomination and I thought I should not need to exist. I know. And guess what? It doesn't let you throw yourself in the furnace. It almost lets you, like, you start to squeeze in the furnace (laughs) and it wouldn't let me. And it was like, no, you must live as a blob. (laughs) (laughs) I also tried to squeeze into the furnace. Yep, yep, same here. Because you felt like Polly shouldn't be, right? Yeah. Like, you felt like you needed to... I'm a monster! You're looking for the sweet embrace of death, right? Uh-huh. Like, that's, that's where you're going. Right, instead, you have to throw a flaming box over a bunch of sprinklers. It's like, no, you have puzzles to solve. <laughs> yep. Even as a giant blob, you must solve I like it. the bit where you push somebody out the window... Yeah, it's like the president. land on top he... of them. It's like the CEO of the company. Yeah, you land on top office. of them. <laughs> and then you spend the rest of the level covered in blood. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the blood stain. <laughs> Yeah, the, the splatter mark. I tried to clean it off in the water. It didn't work. <laughs> yeah, you could never get that CEO out. <laughs> what yeah, do you think club, soda. club soda for CEO yeah. stands, I think yeah. say. I've figured out, okay, so I need to take this box. I need to set it on fire. And I know I need to throw it back into that thing to the right. Because so you, it has a flame logo on it, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's speaking, my son did not recognize that as a flame. I said, what is that symbol? He's like, I don't know. Like, does it look like anything to you? He could not identify it as fire. And then you run through and the sprinklers go off and you go, oh, okay, I know what I need to do here. This life's tough for a blob. Yeah. It's yeah. like, come on, I'm a blob, guys. Cut me a break. The sprinklers, really? But I love I love the animation that it sort of just flows over things and around things. Yeah. And I can't imagine how you begin to animate something like that. It squeezes through small openings. And, the you sounds know, it, it makes are so disturbing. Like all the grunting. Yeah. Oh. Like, it sounds like the people inside it are suffering. Like yeah. you yes. fall from great heights and you, you fall and you don't die, but you realize that you, you like bones are breaking and like Bits many fall of off your, you. And, oh, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> I just feel like uh, you were just that boy trying to do the right thing. You were like, you know what? I can go save that blob. And then, oh, why are you inside? And then you, you meet up with some dogs and like for the whole <laughs> bit of the game, you, well, the previous bit of the game, you've been like in fear of these dogs and the dogs just sort of like are freaking out and barking at you yeah. and they can't do a thing to you. Right. Now you can't be bothered to even pay attention to them. They're yeah. like a yeah. non-factor in the puzzle even. I thought I was going to have to squish them. Yeah. Me too. Just absorb them into your your, your <laughs> fleshy bark, blob. barking dog heads coming out of the blob. Ah. Yeah, so they do put you in another tank. Um, uh, like you, you you fall into the tank, but then of course you can get out with your many arms because you see that there are things. That's that's the the teasing you with the uh, what do you call it? The teasing you with the box bit where you enter a room and there's like a spotlight and there's a gigantic Black Mirror audience sitting there, and the box is on a chain. They're dangling it, and I tr- second playthrough I tried to see what you could do with that. It can go elsewhere in the room or whatever, but inevitably you have to try to get the box. And as soon as you do, the trap door opens up and you fall into a big tank. Yep. But then you realize you can get out of the tank, and after that point, and you're in the tank, you don't see any of the facility operators anymore like i feel like the facility operators thought that tank is the end of you 
you're in the tank, mm-hmm. good to go. It's so clear that they had arranged this for you to fall into the tank, but then you find your way out because you're a resourceful blob, and you <laughs> go into sort of the back backstage area of the facility, and there's no more people there, and you bang your way out of the facility and come out into the forest and, and, and tumble down to the end of the game. But I feel like that's, that is the only thing that, that is clear that, like, you are uh, – you're off the plan that the people have for you. They want you to fall into this tank and they they think they're done with you when actually, you know, you are right. you are disobeying them. Yep. And that's where you end. You are a blob laying on the shore of the the water in the sun. <laughs> and that's the end. Yeah. <laughs> Was anyone else disappointed at that point that the credits rolled? Well, I stayed on that screen for a long time. Yeah, yeah me too. Wondering if the credits were going to roll. I did play the last 20 minutes with my mouth open, so yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just kind of felt like, okay. I thought there might be something, um, <laughs> something after the credits. I was I stuck around the whole way. I, I was thinking, I'm not going to fit into a submarine again. How am I going <laughs> to yeah. get across this wall? We're going to need a bigger boat. No, but because the sunlight is there. I mean, it's the visual, for the whole rest of the game, everything is overcast and dark and rainy and somber. There is no ray of sunlight anywhere. There's only the cold blue light of your submarine shining on the troll dolls in the water and everything. And you get in the sunlight, it's pretty clear that this is the resolution of the game. And you're not dead at that point because you're still moving and twitching, but you're finally content. You're kind of at peace. You just want to feel the sun, right? Like that's. That's right, and so that I think we can slide this right into like what the heck is going on in this mm-hmm. game? Theories of of what the deal is with this game. Before I spew forth on my various theories, you guys have ideas. So there's the whole. Um, do we want to go into the second ending stuff? Yeah, if you if you've done the second ending, like if you get all the secrets, that if the second ending plays into how you interpret the game, fine. But even without the secrets, you can I think you can arrive at the same interpretation. Well, I mean, it's you know the the sort of theme of the game seems to be control in various forms, and you know whether you're in control or somebody else is in control or you're controlling people, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the the facility seems to be, as we've said, a sort of aperture science style crazy experimentations that go wrong. And I think the flesh nightmare is just their latest, you know. It, it prefers fleshmare. Thank you. <laughs> it, it's just the latest in a long line of things that should have got the place closed a long time ago. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the secret ending, once you collect all, uh, 13 of them, I think it is. And then uh, you go back to the cornfield because you can do all the secret stuff in any order. And it's very nice that the game just lets you sort of go to any bit and have an explore. Uh, and then you go back to the cornfield, you find the, the the hatch, and then there's the musical note sequence, which you have to pick up, which I didn't. I got this, I'm afraid, from YouTube. Um, just that plays at various points in the game that tells you what you need to do with the control. And then you go into the sequence where you're in this underground bunker and you go in and there's a bunch of computers in the background and there's a sort of mind control helmet. And the the boy goes, because uh, back to being a boy, uh, goes to the socket on the wall pulls the socket out and the room darkens and the boy goes limp just like the the zombies do when they get unplugged and to me that implies that either the blob was controlling the boy the whole time to get the boy to help it escape and when you die uh like when you get dragged down by the mermaids and things 
that you're now properly dead at this point, but still being controlled like the zombies. And that as soon as you unplug it, you know, you're basically unplugging either the the boy is being unplugged from the blob or it's being unplugged from the player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the player seems to make, I mean, just based on your description of it, it sounds like, well, the game's over. You don't need to control me anymore. Also, yeah. that's a signal with the, the fact that it's a bunch of computers back there. I think the yellow wires are all going to the computers too. But yeah, it can definitely be interpreted both ways. Like one is the cheeky fourth wall breaking kind of thing. That's like, huh, you're kind of controlling the player too, right? So when we unplug this, your computer won't be able to control the guy anymore. But I think that is just the second level fun winking part of that yeah i think the alternative way of looking at it is that it's not the boy being unplugged but you being unplugged yeah and now that you are free now that you've followed all the tasks that you've been given um you can uh, go about your life yeah but but i think that's the subject i think the text is that uh throughout this entire facility these yellow wires are running to these orbs these orbs that emit that glow the glow that controls things why would you need a bunch of orbs lined along the entire run of this game unless there was something controlling something along the entire run of this game i think it's the the in-universe text meaning of the the secret ending is trying to explain to you that you are in fact being controlled by the blob which you will rejoin uh and that your entire purpose in this run through of this big facility is being brought there by the blob to to set it free and all of the parallel tracks in the different z axes that you see in the background are other people running the same thing presumably to go to their blobs at hmm. the end of their runs um various times you are killed like in the propellers the propeller section you get chopped up even if you get through that the first time without dying you see other bits of red-shirted little boys float by when the propellers spin up of mm. the other boys who have come before you to try to traverse mm. this facility to get to their blob to be free. Like, it seems so clear to me that this entire run through the facility is towards the blob and the people running the facility know that you're coming, know that you're trying to get to the blob, don't want to make it easy for you. Many people die trying. They want to stop you if they can. Uh, but they, they understand that this the is the same blob? Like no, that's... they are their own blobs. It's a different z-axis, <laughs> and like farther into the screen, they must be going to different blobs because they're not going to your. Well, blob. maybe this... maybe you're the only one who makes it through, though. Well, but they're but they're, they if they're stuck in the same two dimensional gameplay, they can't come to my blob because it's too close to the screen. They can only go along their parallel tracks, right? Um, but the fact that they have a room with an audience with a box dangling from a thing and a trap door—that's the end of the game for for the blob thing oh someone made it and they brought the blob out and maybe they didn't expect the blob to go crazy and squish everybody but in the end they had a way to control because they're you know they're pulling the box for you they're opening the door for you they're waving you on there's an audience like it's so clearly orchestrated to to be the end of the game also the fact that there's the diorama of the whole sort of end area up in that office i think that might be a wink but Uh. i can't tell yeah, I, I I thought it was just that, you know, they were planning out and it's like, right, so we'll, you know, we'll have the 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 sonic boom level here, we'll have this here, and then, you know, and then but we'll I, have I the- don't I don't think it's like a gameplay thing. See, that's the larger question is what's the deal with this world? And I think the deal with this world is this is not just like aperture science where it's like a, a strange facility 
uh, but the rest of the world is more or less normal. This is like the entire world is gone. All that's left on this planet, whatever this planet is, is this type of stuff. There's very few people left. There is these people running this weird science at a facility that is clearly, they probably didn't even make, that is clearly in disrepair. Like everyone on this planet is dead because I like that. Every, you know, everyone else is gone. The whole world is a mess and they are trying to crawl back up from the ashes by developing this technology maybe left over by the aliens that wiped out the, ra- like the whole idea is that <laughs> wow. there's not a shopping mall around the corner. If you went across that water, there's not a bunch of people going to their jobs and their homes like this is it for the whole world which is why all the people act weird like how can you have your kid and like this thing like this is the normal this is normal for them whatever they're doing on this planet trying to figure out this tech experimenting with the tech they probably didn't even make in facilities they probably don't really understand that are falling apart all the time this is the state of the world and that's why everything that goes on is more or less acceptable because otherwise you're like what you know how can you allow this to go on how can you uh, I'll, you know, enjoy watching boys try to get to this blob and, and squishing everybody and you're running, fleeing from it. You don't want to die. But on the other hand, everything else about this thing you think is normal, like chasing a kid and letting him die and shooting him and sicking dogs on him. Like the only way that can be normal is like that the whole world is gone and everything is crap and they're just, you know, it's normalized because there is there is no regular world outside this game. The whole world is like this. Well, that, or that you were favorite. or that you weren't like really even a person to begin with, but rather... A, yeah, like the workers, they don't zombie. see you as people. Yeah. Like you yeah. were grown in a vat and, you know, because where did you come from? Why are you wearing a red shirt? And why did the people come before you wear red shirts? And where are the other people who are running coming from? I guess the the science facilities, I kind of see as they were trying to create some sort of alternate technology for getting work done and getting things done. That's like when you look at the pigs, they started experimenting with them and how to kind of reanimate these pigs and they're all dead everywhere because their experiments have failed. And that was more of a, um, they used the farm, the more primitive situation to kind of start those experiments. And then the facilities that you kind of go through, I see as failed facilities that um, something went wrong, just like the blob went wrong at this last one where now it's flooded and you have these mer people that are attacking things like, Oh, that went wrong. And they turned into these, you know, mermaid people that can't come out of the water so they kind of abandoned that facility and then moved on and it it almost feels like it's a post-apocalyptic kind of situation of um just new technology just like uh, james was saying that it does feel like it's earth it's people it's you know there's corn and there's trees and there's dogs but it's more of like this something went horribly wrong where we all of a sudden needed this type of strange workforce. This big aperture science facility decided to let's start testing and figuring out how to do this. And you're kind of going through the layers of their failed tests. And it seems like you are a type of person that knew what was going on in here. And you felt the need to kind of get in and... I don't know, like if if you knew the blob existed or you at least knew that there are weird enslaved kind of zombie people that are happening and and being created and maybe you had some sort of guilt or, um, uh, I don't know, a superhero complex about like, I can be the one that gets back in there and stops this. Maybe you were a little boy shopping for a zombie with your father and you're like, you know what, this is really kind of messed up and I think I'm going to go take this down. So... Uh, that's kind of how I see it on on a very surface level. If you don't kind of like, you know, really dive in, but you know, uh, the more nuanced, I guess, psychological aspect of it seems to just be like, you know, this, um, the oppression and, you know, stopping the man and 
don't let things get out of hand with uh, experiments. I, I don't know. Uh, I, the, the depth of it, I'm not quite sure of yet. I just know that it was a really great game to play, but I, I don't see it so much as a um, parallel universe uh, alien situation like, Zon- like uh, John well, does. Do you think there's a, Tiff, do you think there's a regular world outside of everything we see in this game? Like, is there a place where people just go into the mall and go into their jobs anywhere on this I planet? I think there are, but they have like, but they have like these zombie people like working in their house. You know what I mean? Like these are kind of like the, the these, these people, this experiment, it, it's kind of the tools of the world. Um, it's, it's kind of a means to get those who are more fortunate to to use those who are they think of as just like fleshy bits i guess and this little boy is kind of trying to expose that like this is wrong and weird um so that that's how i guess i'm kind of seeing it like a like a as if you had a a robot butler you know like that's (laughs) kind of but but i think it's just too wrong and weird like the, the things that go on here would not be acceptable in any surrounding civilized world unless they were completely secret and it's too big to be completely a secret so i think that like everyone has to know this is going on that there just can't be a world of suburbs and target outside of this there just can't be because everything is too much of a mess even the facility itself is not together it's it's slanted there's huge explosions it's flooded like nothing is even the part that's kind of put together and has chairs in a cafeteria even that's a mess so i feel like that has to be the best this world gets like the cafeteria that's that's as good as it gets in this world because i can't imagine this going on oh that's what i mean like i don't think it's like i think it's like more post-apocalyptic like this is kind of necessary that we need this to survive in society right but i'm saying the apocalypse could have been aliens because they don't seem to understand the orange glowy tech like that's why they keep doing these absurd things with it and, right. and putting the things into pigs to try to figure it out and if they had made it themselves i think they would understand it more than they wouldn't need to people put people in glass things and film them and have like the crash test dummies by the big pulse because they would they would understand this stuff better. But I feel like maybe they're trying to make the zombies better, like slowly, mm-hmm. or it's some sort of like real, like weird, messed up, like Monsters Inc. lab, you know, where it's like, well, they don't <laughs> the really know. Like, yeah, like we're scaring children and we don't know why we're scaring children. We just are and we know it helps us, you know, like, but later on they find out, oh, we actually don't have to scare children. Let's, you know, switch this around. <laughs> so it's just a benefit. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it, it could be something like that, but really messed up <laughs> so the limbo connection is the is that the limbo has the the same glowy slugs and if you want to put these in the same universe i think but yeah i mean i don't know you necessarily have to but if you do you have to kind of decide is limbo before or after inside and limbo is definitely darker than inside and it just has the the mind control slugs but you don't see and you see like you know signs and buildings so you can tell it was once a normal kind of normal earth-like human inhabited world but things seems to have gone pretty far downhill in Limbo, and there are giant spiders. So it's hard to really put them in the same universe. But if I had to put it in, I would probably put Limbo after, after so much has crumbled that there's not even that facility left anymore. And there's just the slugs and a scared boy and a giant spider. But I, I'm not entirely sure you could wedge them into the same universe. It's good to know that John Syracuse does have extensive headcanon about some things, like... I do have games. a lot of ideas about this game. Yeah, I don't know if they—I don't know if they all fit with the evidence. Every time I come up with a theory, I think of, yeah, but why was that guy not helping me, or why was that guy accosting me? Like, how does it make sense that you're pursued through the woods, but on the other hand, once you get into the facility, they totally want you to get to the blob. They know you're going to get to the blob because they have a plan for when you get to the blob. But it's there—it's not internally. All the theories I've heard, none of them explain everything that happens in the game. It's just you just kind of have to pick something. When you're in the facility, you just kind of, you know, you're there. And so people assume like, you know, when you when you exert authority, p- 
people assume that oh yeah <laughs> you must be there, be for there. But, but you get killed yeah, but when you're on the too. outside they're like oh man obviously there's some creeper going through the woods who's not supposed to be here because i was told to shoot anything that's moving through the woods right so they are the outside guards are like on top of it and all the inside scientists are like do 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 this looks normal cool right so, so you know i think the the normal ending the non-secret ending where you end up on the little thing in the sun is it's an ending i think frustrates traditional people who want a traditional ending of a game like they want to see you triumph and the facility explodes and you escape and you go off on a boat and you're going to live happily ever after obviously happily ever after is not going to happen once you become a blob there's no <laughs> way to avoid becoming a blob blob, blob blobbly ever right. after but uh when, but i think that that ending it tries to be challenging which i think is is fun and it doesn't give you the satisfaction you expect but i think thematically even ignoring all the silly secrets and headcanon and what else is going on thematically Having, I mean, it's pretty simple, but having a game where you are facing adversity for the entire thing and it's super dark and creepy and you're always going from left to the right and ending it where you get to be motionless and in the sun is an oddly satisfying on an emotional level, if not on an intellectual level, because you get to rest. You're resting in the sun. It's a beautiful place. You're no longer accosted and it feels like the natural ending to the emotional journey of the game, but it is not an ending to the plot story of the game not not a, not a traditional ending to the plot story of the game so it's a game that challenges you to be satisfied with the emotions even as you are not satisfied with not understanding what was going on and not understanding what the point of it all was and not really knowing if you have succeeded or not and not, and not really knowing whether you should identify with because Anna, all of us were trying to shove this blob into the, the furnace like 10 minutes before this and so in that way i think it is a it's an interesting ending that is challenging in in ways that uh, I find it more satisfying than a more traditional ending would be because it it uh, it subverts my expectations one final time and then the game ends and I think that's great. I, I think they should have allowed you to get into the incinerator, you know, <laughs> like um, Firewatch has a, an alternate bleak ending that you can go for as well. Um, I I would like to have had the option to just end it all and destroy this terrible monster maybe they did that and too many people died and never got to see the actual <laughs> ending <laughs> oh, oh. all right i think we've covered it this is a this is a good game people should play it but of course if they're listening to this they should have already played it people come on james thank you for suggesting it this was this was exactly the kind of thing that i was looking for is a a game that i could play like i said that's it's it's artsy fartsy as john said it's uh, beautiful to look at it's uh not uh, incredibly difficult to play and it also doesn't take forever um and it was a real trip to 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 experience it so thank you for recommending it to us well you're welcome it, it definitely i it was purely the selfish need to want to talk to people oh. about it i would encourage people by the way if you've played the whole game listen to this whole podcast but you haven't done all the secrets inside as in so many things is so nice and forgiving and that if you want to go and get the secrets like i would encourage you to do it because you can skip to any point in the game really really easily um and it's fun to find the secrets i mean maybe go look up a guide to give you an idea of what checkpoint you have to start at but all the secrets are surprisingly satisfying and interesting especially the one that we already spoiled with the torch and the dogs um uh, it's not that bad. It's not the type of game where you're like, oh, well, if you want to do the secrets, you got to do a perfect run through the whole game and find everything. No, you don't have to. It's totally random access. You can go at your leisure. You can go to the scoreboard room and see exactly which ones you have and haven't found. 
How do you do uh, that? Can you explain how to do that? So yeah, it's, it's the, the listeners will know. <laughs> yeah, it's in, right before you go into the big giant tank with the blobby thing in it. When you're outside the tank on kind of like a, you get to go in that like forklift thing. It's like a little uh, crane. Yeah, do you have to play through the whole arm. game in order to get there? No, no, no the, you can skip to any point. After you've finished the game, you can skip to any point in the game that you've been to previously. So just go to the checkpoint. It puts you at a checkpoint right near, and it's a very long vertical red ladder on the right edge of the screen. And you can go both up the ladder and down. If you go down, you can't go up anymore. But if you go up the ladder... You'll see some yellow wires, you'll follow them through, and you'll end up in the thing I just put in the chat, which is a little room with a giant orb. When you've done all the secrets and you enter that room, the door to the orb is open, and that's how you get the last one. There's a sort of Netflix-style interface where you can just sort of skip through visually, scene by scene, and it'll... it'll, Kind of cool. I I didn't even try that. (laughs) And you can so you can go back and forward, and you can uh, look at stuff in any order. And if you get a secret, um, you, or if you get the orb, then that's it done. And you know it's not like you you have to undo yeah, you your don't have save. To play, you don't have to play the game again. You just go to the thing, get the arm. As soon as you yank the plug out of it, you're done. You can go back and load it up with everything. It's totally random access. It can be a little bit confusing and scary in that when you pull the fourteenth plug, all the lights go out except for the second one which is telling you you have to go back to the place where you found the second one. So don't think that you've undone all your progress because you haven't. But it's it's so forgiving. It's the most forgiving, like, most of the time I don't go back and find all the secrets unless it's a very short game or I'm really into it. But this game makes it so easy and so forgiving to do that that it's just a fun puzzle to say where. Because they're in order. So you can see I did secret number four and I did secret number six. Five's got to get in between them. So just start by secret number four and go forward for five minutes. Like the gaps aren't that big. It's it's They're fun to find. Just look for yellow wires. Let's uh, say goodbye to our guests, James Thompson. Thanks for being here and suggesting this. Uh, unplug me, Jason. I'm done. Okay, will do. Dan Morin, thank you. He's going to sit here and enjoy that beam of sunlight. Yep. <laughs> Tiffany Armit, watch out for the uh, mermaid. Yeah, yeah. Flesh nightmare. <laughs> mm, and John Syracuse, thank you for talking about the giant fleshy blob with us. You know what? I'm so glad that all of us actually didn't put ourselves into the furnace. We could be here to do this podcast. <laughs> oh, we tried. We for tried. For science. Thanks, everybody out there, for listening to The Incomparable. We'll see you next time. Bye bye.